So, look, as we all know, travel has been a hot topic on the news agenda recently. And so this week, I spoke with Zoe Palmer, an industry expert who runs our own independent travel company through Travel Counsellors. Zoe and I discuss why now, more than ever, people are choosing to book their holidays through an expert who can guide them through the current regulations. She also shares the importance of personalised service, holiday protection, and how she makes sure her clients arrive safely back home with memories to last a lifetime. And it was always good to catch up with Zoe, and I hope you enjoy it. And actually, it really is one of those things at the moment that is so just at the forefront of everybody's minds, especially if anybody is trying to plan a trip. So if you are, I really recommend you listen to this. It's a great one. Hello, welcome to the David Watson podcast. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. Well, you're very welcome. Very welcome. And for reference, Zoe and I went to school together. Not that long ago either, was it? Not that long ago. <laughs> and we share the same birthday. We do. Birthday twins. We are birthday twins. From another mother, as I say. <laughs> so one of the reasons I reached out to you, apart from always needing a supply of guests, is you've changed careers from working in PR to becoming a travel counsellor. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. That's right. So what what is a travel counsellor? Well, it's not what it might sound like. I am actually a travel expert. So I run my own independent travel company and I do that through the Travel Counsellors umbrella. Now, Travel Counsellors is a really well-established, um, well-known and highly respected travel company. And they've been going for over 25 years and it's, it's essentially franchises. So we all run our own businesses. There's about 1,900 of us um, across the globe in the UK, South Africa, in the Netherlands. Um, we've got Irish travel councillors. Um, and we, uh, up until recently, had Australian travel councillors. We've got colleagues in, in the Emirates as well. And we all run our own businesses, but we all run them in a way that suits our particular experience and style. So you might have corporate travel councillors. You might have people that deal with groups. You might have people that, um, like I do, I tend to work... Um, in the in the luxury space because that's what my travel experience is um, and we all have one thing in common and that is that we offer highly personalized service to our clients so we can work um, across all sorts of different products so I can either act as a tour operator and I can put together holidays for my clients um, using my own um, booking engine so I can pull together flights and accommodation and transfers and um, I also work with destination management companies who are experts in um, in different countries and I have a, a raft of really good relationships with people like that and that enables me to put together really highly tailored itineraries with experiences that you just couldn't find yourself um, or I can work with uh, retail partners so I could work with uh, the likes of uh, anyone from Kuoni uh, to Jet2 um, to, to, to offer the client whatever is best for them. So they'll give me the brief and I'll go through it in, in a lot of detail and then I will put together the right holiday options for my clients. So would I be kind of, this might be a jump in the wrong direction, but this sounds kind of weirdly similar to the, the heyday of travel agents when you could go in, sit down with a travel agent on the high street and like have this tailored service based on what, what, what was on offer. But they, they had so many connections 
And it kind of seems like a weird full circle. Well, travel agents, high street travel agents are, are still around, but I'm a home worker. And what I am able to offer that is very different in my service is that I stay with my clients. So they don't just come in and book a holiday and then that's it. That's the end of it. And, and off they go. I work with them to really understand who they are and what they really want from that, that holiday. And then I'm there available at the end of the telephone for them at a time to suit them. So I don't have opening and closing times per se. So if I've got particular clients and I know that they're really busy professionals and they are so stacked during the day, then I'll work with them in the evenings or perhaps at, at weekends um, at, uh, on an appointment basis. I do that. Um, but it's not just that I will book them a holiday and then off they go. I, in effect, I run a complimentary travel concierge service um, which is included in, in the price of their holiday and so especially now now more than ever I mean what we're seeing more than ever is that travel is not as straightforward as it used to be so my clients know that I'm with them to give them the advice every step of the way I'm holding their hand through all the regulations all the government guidance um, and I'm making sure that they are able to relax because I take all the hassle out planning that trip for them I do all of the hard work um, I will even book their restaurants their childcare and resort I'll do all or take care of all of the other bits that they would have to do themselves check them in for their flights so all they really need to do is sit back and relax because they know that I've got my eye on the ball for them and they're working with somebody that really understands the really I mean it's fast moving at the moment and I've got my eye on everything for them so <laughs> good luck with that um I that was I was I'll ask that now before I come back to what I was trying to get to is yeah because how the hell are you keeping up with it all I, I'm really fortunate because number one, I'm part of a massive network. So we have obviously we talk to each other and I've got expert colleagues all over the world and, and, and we're able to share information. We have a lot of support from our head office team at Travel Councillors. They're based in Manchester. Um, and so they're also monitoring and, and, um, and making sure that we are given up to up to date information. But also I do a lot of it myself. So um, I am want constantly monitoring what's happening with the FCDO advice, with the government advice. And don't forget, I've also got a lot of people traveling with me. I mean, I know we're in a pandemic, yeah. but actually I have people out. So um, I've, this weekend I've had clients return from Mallorca, from Greece. Um, and so I'm successfully working with clients and getting them traveling. I've been out recently myself to Greece. I, so I've seen I, the pictures, yeah. Put, <laughs> put the money where my mouth is, I'm, I'm traveling too. So I've got first-hand experience of, of what you need to be doing right now. Well, because that's, that's um, quite an interesting point, isn't it? Because although we keep referring to things as lockdowns, Travelling's not stopped for anybody in the entire lockdown. It's just you just had to know how to do it. It, it, it depends on who you were and what you were trying to do, really, because obviously there have been um, there have been periods where travel was banned um, during uh, the lockdown earlier this year. Um, and so there has been a pause to a certain degree, depending on who you are and where you're going and what your reason is. And it depends on the country that you're going to as well. So first and foremost, I think everybody is so caught up at the moment in traffic lights and what that means in terms of re-entry to the UK. But if you know what you're talking about and you're a travel expert, the first thing you do is look at FCDO advice. Can you actually get into the country you want to go to before you start worrying about what happens when you want to come back into the UK having been away? Because if you can't go there and there's, the, you know, you, yeah. you really don't need to worry. I mean, Australia is a good example. The government put Australia on the green list, but actually you can't get into Australia at the moment. So <clears> the green list is great, but you also first and foremost need to understand about where you can travel. That's a good point, actually, because I was due to go to Perth at the beginning of the year. And like you say, yeah, it was no problem going there because I have friends who live in Perth. And they were like, 
but if you fly out here, you've got to isolate for two weeks before they'll let you into us. You know, as in they'll put you in an island just off the coast of uh, Perth or wherever it was in Australia, and you're going to sit there for two weeks and self-isolate, which they're going to charge you for before they then let you into Perth. So I was like, yeah, okay. And, you know, and then when you come back to England, it was self-isolate. It was, I think it was totally like six weeks. You know, it's like, yeah, I don't think I'll be travelling to Australia anytime soon. And like you say... <clears throat> if if I I could have easily booked that on the basis of oh it's green the green is a green light it's fine not knowing that actually no it's, it's not that simple exactly and I think now more than ever booking with a travel expert uh, booking with somebody who really does understand every step of the process and who's going to give you sound advice and stay with you and answer all those questions that you that you know you might have and help you you know with 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 the process that's 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 become more valuable and um, my clients they really value that service that's what they're looking for they want my help with you know they they, they like the peace of mind that that offers them and um, and that's really you know how my business is is growing and thriving even though we are in um in you know in these uh, more difficult times yeah because it's i mean everyone says it's it's sort of kind of difficult times but all i see is an adaption curve because the industries are still there people still want tourists the com- countries that can have tourists still want them the businesses that provide for those tourists still want customers so it's just learning who's adapted best to to kind of have the best experience i suppose I think first and foremost, it's being safe and secure in the way that you travel um, and really understanding where you're going and why you're going there and what experience you're going to have when you get there as well. So it's choosing the right destination for you um, at that particular moment that you want to travel. Um, and that's again, that's where experts like me come in. You know, We understand what, what is going on in the destination. We understand if there are local curfews in place. You know, When you get there, you want to actually be able to have an enjoyable holiday experience as well. Um, so, you know, that it's, it's, so, it's so important to really understand um, and match the right product to the right client, the right holiday, the right experience. Um, and now, especially now more than ever, because it's changing and evolving. And, you know, we need to not just bear in mind what's going on here in the UK, but also in your destination as well. Um, and and understanding the flexibility in any booking that's again where i come in i'm 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 thinking about that before you book yeah. i'm not just going to book you something that's then going to leave you in a situation where you know there might be some financial implication i'm going to be explaining what those implications are every step of the way so um you know that's that's always a, a really important factor as well to work with somebody that is going to explain all of that um information to you i mean you know the days of of just checking the terms and condition box and, and moving on are you know are long gone you really need to understand the contract that you're entering into when you're booking a holiday actually that's probably um a good point actually because for, for outside of a mortgage and a car for a lot of people you know for most people even especially now a holiday is a massive investment and once upon a time there's a good return for that investment but now it comes with a huge risk and if you don't understand what you're signing up to that that kind of becomes a game of roulette not roulette when you're working with an expert, David. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean, though, don't you? Because if, if your people are booking online and they're not, like you say, people just click the terms and conditions thinking, oh, well, I can go on holiday. It's, it's a reputable company. They, they have a good name. They have a good reputation. And then find out when something doesn't happen. It's like, oh, 
oh shit and they they're losing money like you know i think quite i know a few people that have lost a few you know quite a bit of money i yeah i think the word that, you, the word that i use with my clients is your holiday is an investment and it's an investment yeah. um financially but it's also you want to get the um the experience out of it so you in order to do that you need to be able to go on your holiday and enjoy it um and there are caveats when you're booking uh, you know depending on what you're booking and it might be you know if you're going to book um flights that aren't refundable then you need to know that there's flexibility to move them if you if you if you have to or um you know that that um you know you might be able to get a voucher for them so all of that explanation is really really important and you need to understand what you're booking and uh what flexibility you have and booking a package is really important for example and i know a lot of people like to book you know their flight perhaps independently but package travel regulations give you an element of protection that are really really important for your holiday right now um making sure that you're booking a toll protected holiday um is also an important factor and, and that means you know checking who you're booking with and making sure that it's a reputable supplier um and then also then working within the the terms and conditions and i have to say the travel industry and the suppliers <clears> from the travel industry worked really really hard to add extra flexibility and ensure they understand the situation they want to help their clients and so you know the suppliers that i work with um you know are, are really doing their very best to keep the industry you know moving and buoyant it's you know we it's, it's been a tough time so uh, we want to make sure that people have a safe, um, secure day booking and that they have great experience when we can get them there. Because, I mean, that is important to remember, isn't it? Is the industry, the business itself, only thrives if people are going on holiday and people are travelling. And they, and this is what I was saying about the people, are these organisations are very well established and are adapting very rapidly, con considering what, how long travel has really been open for, how quickly these industries are adapting. Because it is a lot of it is reacting to overnight information, and they are so hugely invested in surviving that they are just rapidly okay. We can do that. We can do that. We can do that. How can we change, like you say, to provide a flexibility for people so that we can get them on our holidays? Because that's the only way they're going to survive. Absolutely, and I'm really, really proud to be working in the travel industry. I mean, as an industry, uh, as a community, we've had to do exactly that. We've had to be agile. We've had to adapt um, on, you know, on information that's perhaps not provided with any leeway. We don't this. We don't have a heads up on the government announcements. We learn at the same time as everybody else, and that means that we have to very quickly be able to move and change and, um, and speak to our clients and provide peace of mind um, and. You know, and undoing a booking and moving that booking—that's something that happens instantly. There's a, mm. there's a, so much work that's going in behind the scenes across the whole industry um, to ensure that the clients get to retain that that investment, that holiday package. Yeah. We want them to go and have a great time. And if it can't be when they when they have booked to travel, then we're working to move it forward and um, and, and amend those bookings to ensure that they have something to look forward to and it is really important for people's mental well-being right now um, to be able to know that they've got something booked in the diary that they can look forward to um, and that they can go away somewhere wherever that might be you know it might be a staycation it might be uh, you know a, a holiday abroad it might be just even, you know flying over to Jersey but whatever it is that you're hoping to do it's something that you can look forward to and get excited about and and feel like things are slowly getting back to a 
okay, maybe a bit of a different normal, but uh, some kind of normality is, is coming back to life. So where have you just come back from? I've been to Corfu. You went I've Cor- been over to Corfu. Um, How long did you go for? Uh, just under two weeks. What was the sunshine like? That like Mediterranean sunshine? It was, oh, it's 30, 30 plus degrees. It was beautiful. And everybody <laughs> on Corfu was so excited to have visitors. I mean, you know, there's, there's, there are people traveling from across Europe. We, you know, we have to remember that the UK is not the only source market for European holidays. No, there no definitely are not. People from all other countries, you know, traveling as well. So, um, and the businesses have had such a year and, you know, the industry locally in, in all countries, um, but especially those that are very heavily reliant on tourism, they're delighted to, to have visitors back. So um, it, it was great. We had a fantastic time at 30 plus degrees. I went to see two different teas. Both of them are, are new for this season. So it was really exciting to see new developments coming to fruition and new product being on the market. So is this like more of a working holiday than actually holiday holiday? I don't call it work. It wasn't work. It was a family holiday, but I was just, well, I happened to go to two brand new properties. And that for me is really invaluable because I'm, when, when you work in travel, you love travel, you know, to call. So you do, everything is, everything is fun. Even if it is work, it's still fun because it's that kind of industry. It's, it's definitely, you know, it's everybody, you do it for the love of it. It's definitely an industry that you, you work in because you absolutely are passionate about it. And that usually stems from, um, you know, for, for over many, many years and everybody that works, works in the industry, even if they leave it for a while, they always end up, you know, inevitably tend to end up coming back to it. So when did you um, start travelling? Because obviously in the time I... I've known you, you, you know, you and I went to school together and eventually you went to Australia and became an Australian citizen and then came back to the UK. So when did you start travelling? Well, I guess, I mean, I, I didn't, my, when I was young, see, you know, my parents divorced when I was young yeah. and my, my father lived in Devon and I lived in Wiltshire. And so every every other weekend I would be moving yeah, um, uh, from from home to home. Um, then I went on, I, I went, my first holiday was to Ibiza with my mum when I was about 14, I think. But then I went on a school trip when I was 17 to Israel. And that really got me. I, I absolutely loved it. It was incredible and got to see so many amazing places and sites that was just completely outside of the realms of anything I've ever seen or done before. Um, I went to university. Then when I finished, I couldn't really wanted to go and do a gap year, but I couldn't afford to fund it. And I had to, to get out and get into a, a career get a job. And, and work and some money. I had to get a job. Yeah. So I ended up saving, saving up. And when I was 26, I decided to go off around the world. But before that, I'd got a job in PR and I was started working on some travel clients. So I worked for the South African Tourist Board and I did their PR for um, quite a few years. And it was relatively, you know, a good few years after, not, not that far after apartheid. So it was a fascinating yeah. time to be working with them to try to promote the destination. I worked for SAA, the airline. Um, then when I was backpacking, I stopped in Sydney. Um, I, I traveled to Vietnam. I did Southeast Asia. I did um, the Gili Island, went to some incredible places, Sumatra. Um, then I did New Zealand. And when I got to Australia, I, I started working again at PR agency in Sydney and I was working on some travel clients and I loved it. I was working for the Malaysian Tourist Board. Um, and then I continued that 
um, journey when I got back into London, uh, working in PR, trying to pick up travel or transport clients where I could. And then it was when I moved to Australia with my family, as you say, um, uh, many years later that I started working for uh, the biggest um, tour operator, luxury tour operator in, in Australia, APT. And I worked for them as their PR uh, manager across five of their brands. So um, I did that for uh, four years in Oz and then got the UK job when I came back to the UK for them as well. So um, then that gave me even more sort of insider industry yeah. knowledge as well, which was invaluable. So that kind of answers how you crossed. So you didn't cross into tourism at all. You were already doing it just from a PR point of view. Because I was That's trying right. to I was yeah. trying to figure uh, out where the link was. Do you know what I mean? So how did you go from PR yeah. to tourist? And, and I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I knew travel counsellors from having worked in the industry with them and they were they were big in Australia when I worked out there. And then when I moved to the UK, we worked with them from a trade perspective and I knew all about I had actually looked into it because one of the benefits of running a business like this is the flexibility as well. I've got a family and for me having the flexibility to be able to pick it you up. Know, I mean, I work full time, but yeah. I also have, if I need to go to a school event, I can do that. I'm my own boss. And so um, as the pandemic hit, I, I'd considered it and I'd been up to see them in Manchester at the beginning of the year to find out a little bit about um, it, what, what was involved in, in running the business and stuff. This was the beginning of 2020, just before COVID um, really took um, hold. And then I realised that I had a choice. I could either piss off um, or despite the pandemic, despite all the challenges of, of the travel industry, I could spend, I, I could start the, the business and spend my time getting it up and running marketing it learning the systems etc and I decided that that's what I was going to do because I think I've, I have worked a lot in crisis PR in the past um, mm. and one of the things that that's taught me is that in any crisis situation there is always a future there is always a way out there although it's an awful situation that you might be in you will always be in that situation and that things will slowly establish themselves um, back to some kind of normality. And so I knew that there would be a future light at the end of the tunnel if I was going to go into this um, uh, in the middle of, of what was possibly the worst time to start a travel business. It's really positive about it. But I, actually, I think it's the best time because you're at the forefront of every change. And as we yeah. were talking about connections and stuff like that, anybody that's done any level of, of travel knows that, you know, like I, I've done a lot of traveling with surfing. I mean, it was predominantly Europe, Europe based. And a couple of years ago, we went to California, me and my mate, who I always do, we do these like two week trips every year. I haven't done them for the last two years, but went to California in 2019. And as well read and as well prepped as we were, it, it was a holiday that had so many mixed experiences and blessings because we just didn't know what to do in America. And we, we hired mm -hmm. a massive RV. Sounds great. Until you learn that RV parks are always on the edge of town. And that you can't drive to the beach in a big 30-foot. And that and by American standards, our RV was tiny. But to give you a reference of what it was like, it was the size of a single-decker bus in terms of length yeah. and size. right? So you try pulling up on a high street next to a beach or any beach to go surfing in that. <laughs> it was humongous and you have because you see yeah. them everywhere you think well this isn't going to be a problem but there are no rv parks apart from san diego there was one actually 
It's kind of on this large spit down towards Mexico. And again, when we, it wasn't until we turned up, we found out you couldn't access it without a booking. And then we were just like, oh, right, so we didn't know that. And they're like, well, wait, we have a space, so you can have it if you want. All right, yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. When it, you're just like, when are you going? Oh, we're just going to stay for like 24, 48 hours. Well, actually, we do have availability, but normally you can't do this unless you book. All right. So they, pure luck. If they hadn't done that, we'd have been in a Walmart car park or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, exactly. <clears throat> but exactly. We, so now we've done that. We know not to do that again. But that's a two-week holiday to California to discover that, driving down from San Francisco down to San Diego, you know. And then, like, and weirdly, my friend broke his toes, two of his toes uh, on a reef. So that was after six days, five days, six days. Oh, my goodness. The surfing holiday was over because he he couldn't surf. So it was like, no, no, like literally cannot surf. And he's got a big brace on his foot and everything like that. And that happened in Santa Barbara, I think. So we still had to go to San Diego. And then it was just like, yeah, right, well, what, do, what do we do now? And it's just like, so we end up going up through Yosemite Park and all of that with these big these surfboards and all of that. It, it's yeah. not, it's not though, because you're in a big RV that's not designed for going well, around. Well, some of the roads aren't, the roads aren't designed that. Oh, no, it was not. a nightmare. <laughs> it was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> and again, when we found these big RV parts next to a lake, it's fancy. It is amazing the views are stunning stunning right we were up in this right up in the top of the yosemite mountains right by this glacier lake absolutely beautiful amazing but we're dressed for california southern california by the beach but you wouldn't have discovered those lakes i think i always get the positive because you wouldn't have discovered those lakes had your friend not uh, broken his toes so as much i think that's part of the adventure of travel as well um but here's here's the but it was also zero degrees at night and we were dressed for beach in California. Oh, no. yeah. No, all we had, because, to... because we were surfing, all we had was basically hand luggage, which was basically shorts, T-shirts. You wear the kind of the mm. nice clothes over. Because we, we've travelled enough to know the most efficient way to travel. Right? Mm. But, of course, when we had to, like, what do we do now? Oh, we've got to reroute. That's fine. We've done that 100 times. But it's not until you get you're next to a glacier mountain in the middle of nowhere on an RV park, right? And you realise it's getting a bit chilly. It's all right during the day. It's getting a bit chilly and it drops down to freezing. And you don't have any clothes for, for that at night time. You don't even have the appropriate sleeping bags in the RV, right? And, of course, because you're in the middle of, I mean, we were in a, like a small village, small town. There's nowhere open to go and buy anything because everybody thinks you already know what you're doing. <laughs> But yeah, because everybody was, else around you does. <laughs> that's it, and it's just like who are these English tourists who are basically walking around <laughs> in shorts and vests? And um, yeah, oh, funny. Ah, oh, like I said, it had mixed, mixed emotions, mixed experiences. But it is like you're saying, it's not until you start doing that a lot that you realise sometimes your first holiday somewhere is is exploring and understanding. So like, mm-hmm. one, one of the things we didn't realise until we went to California is, and this is a generalisation if you want to go surfing, that because of the cold air and the hot air, right, most of the surf is gone by 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning because it starts to warm up and you get onshore winds that blow the waves out. So if you want to go surfing, you need to be in the water by about 7 o'clock in the morning when it's foggy and cold. Do you know what I mean? And again, you, but you mm-hmm. would only ever find these things out by travelling there. And yeah, and that's the discovery, isn't it? That's yeah. the um, you know, you, 
I mean, I'm, I obviously like to know a lot of detail about the holidays that I'm sending my clients on and I like to um, ask lots of really irritating questions all the time. Um, but that's because I've, I've got the experience and, and that's yeah. what I do. And I want to make sure that they're going to have the most amazing time. But equally, I also say it's, it's your holiday. So you have to, when you get there, you know, do what you want to do and, and also, you know, um, participate in um, and go off and have those adventures. And I do believe that, you know, as much as um, for my clients that, you know, I, I can help with the, the nuts and bolts of putting the holiday together. The real value is in bringing it to life for them. It's those experiences that you can put into the itinerary that they just wouldn't be able to, to do themselves. And as you said, like I mean, I work with my colleagues on the ground, so yeah. in destinations. So I'm, I'm doing a, an Iceland, I'm hosting some tour in, nice. in November and I've got 19 clients coming with me and I'm working with my um, expert uh, partner around in Iceland. They know the country like the back of their hands. They've got all the contacts. And so the itinerary we've put together is absolutely amazing. Um, the things that we're going to do and experience and also the flexibility in it because you know, if if um, if we want to go to the Northern Lights, if we can't do it on the first night, we're, we're going out on a on a cruise to just them because it's a better opportunity. We'll do it on the second night. Well, um, you know, we can move things around each because of the weather, and it's just not something you can do. If you've bought something that's rigid and off the shelf. Yeah. Um, but working with somebody that can move things around as as you know life dictates or the weather dictates is you know that's that's really. Um, handy and 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 you know and, and where I guess again it's just that's what I love to do I love to kind of be able to make sure that the experience is very best it can be um, and that comes through knowledge and planning and, and contacts. Do you find um, that people need I'm trying to think of the correct way I'm going to give you a different reference so it has some context when I used to years ago when I used to work in the car trade although I was on the service side of it is one of the things that was the hardest to get customers, some customers to understand, was what they needed. As in, like, they're coming in to purchase a car based on what they think they want without any indication or knowledge of what they need, what they need it to be, what the function it needs to fulfil. You know, and this has been everything from customers who wanted a car. Yeah, but you're a mad, passionate golfer, and you actually, your golf clubs won't fit in the boot with that car. Do you know what I mean? to people mm -hmm. that desperately mm -hmm. wanted a convertible but convinced themselves, oh, it's not practical enough. And then when you sit them down through their life, it's like, when is it ever more than just you and your husband or you and your wife? Well, it's not. But then convertibles are perfectly practical for you, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Do you find that with holidays, like trying to, as you're tailoring a holiday to somebody, actually helping them understand what they want from the holiday? Uh, well, uh, I think that's a really good analogy that you've just used, actually, because for me, the most important bit is the conversation I have up front. I won't actually work with anybody unless I've spoken to them and found out more about what they're looking for. Um, I often, you know, will get somebody that will contact me uh, via email or maybe through my social media. Um, and they'll say, oh, I'm looking for a holiday for two weeks for me and my children. And I'll say, that's great. Can we set up some? Can we set up a call? Um, and if they don't want to speak to me, then I 
find that I, it's very difficult for me to be able to help them because what, what room type do you usually have? Where do you like to go? What do you like about your holiday previously? What do you not like about travel? I mean, I need to understand, really delve in and ask, you know, quite detailed questions. I and mean, in doing that, that's when I can find out exactly what they're looking for, not just, you know, um, uh, uh, giving them uh, uh, something that, you know, that is just not going to really yeah. hit the nail on the head for them. And it's yeah, similar to your analogy about the golf clubs. I mean, yes, I'd like I'd like a car, well, I'd like a holiday, but you know, but I like to play golf. Well, if you like to play golf, I'll give you a holiday that's got golf um, courses nearby, or the opportunity to go and experience something that could be quite special for you. You know, a particular yeah. golf course you've always wanted to play at. Um, so it's yeah, it is. It's finding out and delving much more deeply into what somebody really really wants to get out of that trip and and a budget that a client might come to me with well you, i need to delve into that budget more de- in more detail you know what are you expecting that to cover um yes, yes, are point. you being realistic about it are you being yes. realistic about it because you know um you know where where do you got budget from is it just a figure you've plucked out of the air have you done any research on it have you had any quotes from anybody else what have you you know what have you been looking at and thinking about when you've come up with that figure um because you know you have to be realistic about what you're asking for that that big long scrolled list of um of desires from your holiday and versus actually how much is that going to cost um and what's the, then for me that's how i can sip out what's really important to somebody and what you know and make make the budget work really really hard for them yeah do you find that like in the nicest way i was about to use the word misconceptions but i mean in the sense of people have an idea of what they of what they think they want for their holiday but when you sit down and talk to them about it and like you say you're, you're actually delving into the details and getting into the emotions mm-hmm. of what they want with their holidays and you find out actually this picture they presented to themselves um, doesn't actually match what they're saying. I missed the last bit there. It doesn't actually match. It doesn't actually match what they're saying. Do you know what I mean? So they, they have, a, as they're talking to you, they have this really, very, very clear picture of what they, of what they say mm-hmm. they want and what they want from their holiday and, and all of the things they want it to include, et cetera, et cetera. But when you actually sit down and, like you say, you have that conversation that you insist on and delve into, like, well, the, the who are you? What, what What's your what's the sort of the motivation for the holiday what are you hoping to extract from it what's the in terms of value emotionally for you your partner your family and all that? it actually doesn't match the picture that they're painting yeah and i think that's again because i am independent i'm hmm. not i'm not i'm not beholden to any particular provider so i can actually give them some options and say well look you know this is one idea Here's another idea. This, you know, uh, uh, this, and I, I'm, and I will tell them why I'm presenting the idea yeah. to them, and that's why conversation is always important. And I always say this to to my clients that don't just take the quotes that I send through as 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 options because I've done the thinking and I've got reasons why I'm presenting them to you. I need to be able to talk you through them because, um, you know, I've put together quote B because you've told me you like X, Y, and Z. Um, but what I've done is I've taken away um, uh, or I've added in something yeah. and I've done it because of availability, perhaps, you know, they didn't have the room type that would work for you. So I've, I've amended it and done X, Y and Z and it might cost you more. It might cost you less or um, there was a good deal at this particular hotel. So I've added this in, although it might not be particularly in the exact area you want to be. It's really close and you can get there really easily and it could save you, you know, yeah. X amount of money. So there's, you know, that giving them the 
uh, insight into why I put something together is, is really important. But yeah, it's also just being honest. Um, and, if, and if somebody is coming to you with a budget that you know straight off the bat is not going to match all of the things that they've said that they want, then I will tell them up front as well. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I'm not always necessarily going to be the cheapest either. Sometimes I can't beat some of the deals that somebody might have seen elsewhere, but... I yeah, come but... with an, a massive raft of value, so it's you know, and I'm and I'm not going to always try. You know, I'll always try and get the best offer and best um, value for money for my clients, but I can't always match everything um, that's out in the market. But I also strongly believe in what I deliver in my service. So, and they can't always get that with the price that they may have got elsewhere, especially if it's you know, if it's not with an expert. But look, you know, anybody, anyone who's ever travelled a lot, like 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 I said. Uh, like when me and my friend Duncan would like do these epic surfing holidays and we've done them by vans, we've done them staying in a, um, Airbnbs. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, we, you know, we took our own vans over once and then we did one, just his van. And, you know, we done from Algarve all the way to Sherbourg. They were like a five year period. So yeah. Yeah. But it, it, <laughs> we did them on a really good budget, but I swear to people, there is a lot of research and planning. And we would literally come back from one holiday in October and be planning the next holiday. And that's with maps. Where can we stay? Where are the places? What are the locations? And when you're taking your vans over, <laughs> you have to research car parks. Because if you can't park your van securely with surfboards on top, where, where are you going to park it if you're staying in an apartment? Do you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and these are the things that people, you get what you pay for. And if you're not prepared to spend six months planning your holiday, then get someone to do it for you. I think I think that's absolutely fair because you know at the end of the day the time involved um, and the extra effort that goes into making sure that my clients don't have to have the hassle and the pain um, and you know and I and I'm I'm there at a time to suit them you know I'm, I I do work incredibly hard like like most of my colleagues do as well um, well, well travel counsellors have got that high reputation for a reason we we are yeah. really personalised and. Um, um, and we do it because we genuinely care and we really enjoy what we do as well. And we want our clients to have the very best experience. And that is that's really important. It's important to us as individual business owners, but it's also important, um, you know, uh, from a from a client perspective. That's what they know what they're going to get when they're when they're working with a travel counsellor. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's not just I mean, a lot of people don't see the work that goes in behind the scenes. And um, and the other the other element of, of what um, we do is we offer 24 seven support when our clients are traveling. So we have a duty office based out of our head office in Manchester. And that peace of mind is really, really important. So, if you know, no matter where you are in the globe, no matter what time of day, you know that if I'm not available, then you've got the backup of my um, duty office team as well um, to help with anything that you need while you're away. So peace of mind is really, really important. So, you know, <coughs> if you would order organise your own holiday, you're not going to have that, um, mm. especially at the moment where, you know, you may need to get home, may need to get a different flight back. You know, you know that you can just call me or the duty office and we're taking care of that for our clients. Because well, that's, Sorry. Um, that's right. <coughs> Is that won't get edited out. Um, <laughs> sorry, ladies Fine. and gentlemen, that, that's a reference to a conversation we we're having off air. Um, <laughs> and yeah, because that's a good point, isn't it? Because kind of when when the internet came out everybody was just like on it with package holidays 
discount holidays, budget holidays. And with that came this kind of, oh, when things went wrong, you were on your own. Because you, you were booking, a, you were just booking directly with hotels or directly with flights, or you could book a flight with this and that. And there was no aftercare service, you know. And when something doesn't come with aftercare service, that's a very polite way of saying no one gives a shit about your outcome, right? Because there's, there's no investment in it. And one of the things that I was asking you earlier about when, like, you know, when you and I were growing up, you know, there was this excitement because you could go into the travel agents and there'd be 10 on every high street. And you would come, by the time you'd come out with all of the different brochures and you'd go home and you'd lay like 100 brochures on the floor, looking at all of the different ones, trying to narrow them down to different countries, different places, budgets, times, availability. And then you're, you've probably narrowed it down to about 20. And you then probably got to go into three different tour operators to see actually what comes with that, what level of support I get. And so when you and I were initially talking, when I was originally trying to pitch up like, a, an, um, an, like an imagining what a, a travel counsellor was, and obviously from your social media and stuff, I'm kind of looking at that and I kind of seen like this, the way I pictured it is that there's like 200 magazines on a floor and I don't have to bother sifting through them. I just pick out what I want and you know where they are and you pull them all for me. So, right, this is what we can do for you. <laughs> you know, which it just yeah. reminded me of the heydays. Do you know what I mean? But it's, but it's it much, is, much it's, more it, bespoke. It's, it's more bespoke yeah and it's and it is it's the it's the knowledge the network and the experience that really comes to you know i've worked in the travel industry for 20 years i may have worked in pr but i've been you know working in all different areas um and facets of the industry and then working within a tour operator um working with five different very different brands with clients traveling all over the world um, and really getting to understand those destinations and the products and the styles and uh, working with the media, taking and leading media trips to see new product and, you know, really kind of working to to promote brands and, and, and help people to really understand what's available to them, um, bringing all of that experience and bringing it into my own business. And, you know, one of the, the most important things is customer service. I think, I think it's always the customer experience and how they feel and what they get out of the relationship they have with, with the person that's booking their holiday, but also the holiday itself and the quality of it. And, um, and, you know, and maintaining, delivering that on a consistent basis is, is key and i want my clients I, I i rely on referrals i don't you know yeah. that's that's the absolute core of the growth of my business um so i need to always exceed expectations because i want the clients my clients to refer me on to other people um and talk about me to, to others and, and that to me is such a massive testament to what i'm able to deliver so those that vision of all those brochures that's my brain yeah that, well that's <laughs> how i imagined it it's just like you know because you'd come back I, I remember doing this in the 90s you know what I mean? you'd come back with all these brochures and you're really trying to go on a budget holiday, but there's like so many different options and you're just like, mm. Jesus, do you know what I mean? So many different tour operators, so many different brochures, so many different operators, uh, sorry, options. And I don't even know where I want to go yet because I haven't traveled anywhere or I'm traveling somewhere new. So is this brochure really telling me the right story? Because this brochure is saying something different and this brochure is saying something different, but it's all the same company uh, sorry, the same country, it's kind of you're all travelling at the same time. And there, there's no there's no depth to any of that. 
and that there was no feedback. Mm -hmm. it, it was always like, well, I'll go, I'll tell you what, I'll take a chance because these are the cheapest or these offer the best services or, and you were always compromising. And one of the things that you were compromising on the most was the knowledge. It was always like a leap of faith. And it's like, you know, you get really excited with this little daunting, I hope this goes all right. As you're getting off the plane and you walk into an airport, and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the customs guy doesn't look like he knows anything. <laughs> and he's looking at me dodgy <laughs> with his cigarette well, hanging out I of his mouth. I think I think you're right. Is this? I mean, for me, I'm honest. I I have no allegiance to anybody in particular. All I have is to give the client what is right for them. And I, because I spend all that time getting to know them, um, and I will pull out. I'll go through the terms and conditions if I'm working with a retail private, you know, um, partner, and I'll be thinking about, mm. you know, well, at the moment, what in this COVID situation, what are their COVID policies, and what's the client really need to be aware of, and what do they, you know, what's going to be important to them to be to have highlighted, which they may not have looked at in detail if they were booking it themselves and um you know and really making sure that they understand um what what they're what they're buying really and what they're so i am in that sense you know just as you would with a mortgage broker yeah you wouldn't go out necessarily and just try and um and, and pull out a, a a mortgage deal you would work with a mortgage expert wouldn't you you'd work with somebody that knows the industry that can pull the products out and say oh, actually given your situation given everything you've told me about what you're looking for given everything you've told me about your financial background here are some products that are going to work for you and it's a similar analogy with what i do you know i i i've got you know i i, I can i can put forward whatever i want for my client but it will always be options yeah. that I think are going to be right for them and that is going to give them the best experience and the best, um, you know, the best investment for their holiday spend. So just before, because I'm conscious of, we've already been talking for an hour. So and, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the things, that, well, there's a few things I was going to ask. So the first one is, what do people do well when they're traveling? What do they do well? I think it depends on it. everybody's a different type of traveler it really is that's really really difficult question to answer because that's fair enough, uh, some enough. people yeah everybody's got a different style and a different approach so um i hope that everybody or, or, or my clients in particular um do well at really experiencing the local culture and destination yeah. um, as they should do, you know, and, and get and really have an authentic experience when they are traveling and do so in a, in a, in a, um, and, uh, you know, in a, an appropriate and sympathetic and, and sustainable way. Yeah. So what would be for anybody who's thinking of booking a holiday and obviously preferably with yourself is what are good questions to ask? To ask me, or for yeah. me to ask them? No, no. Well, we'll get, we can do both. What's the good questions for them to ask you first? For them to ask me is uh, I would want them to be asking me about what they, the value that they get from booking with me um, and what it is that I offer over other people. I would want them to be curious about um, the levels of protection that their holiday will have and the flexibility that they can have. Um, and I would want them to be coming to me having really thought about what they want to get out of their, their holiday and, um, and, and what it means to them to have that trip. Okay. And what would you be asking them? 
I'll be asking them an absolute raft of questions. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, no, no, um, but what that's... I want to know is, yeah, I mean, there, there, uh, there are several different things that um, that are important for me to understand. Obviously, dates, room style, you know, who's traveling and all the rest of it. Um, I but most importantly, I will be digging around to really find out what their perfect holiday looks like. But that's saying, I um, mean, when you're saying it's like, I'm going to ask them a raft of questions. What you really mean is, look, I'm going to spend a lot of time making sure that I get this right for you. You mean you're going to invest a lot of your own time to get this good for them and make sure they get value for money. Exactly. And it doesn't have to take ages on the phone either. It doesn't all face to face. I don't have to spend, I don't know, I, I, just not gonna, I don't want them to feel like they're going to have to spend hours and hours and hours no, me grilling no. them at all, because that's not the process. But it is enough for me to get a really good feel for who they are, who they're traveling with, what the needs are of the entire group, um, where they want to go and what they want to get out of that trip. It, and then it more helps just, me to understand. Yeah. But it's more than just taking the booking fee and wishing them, a, you know, you know, have a great holiday. It's actually, you know, come on, let, let's let's spend some time together and, and you know, yeah. sort, sort this out and let's have a good a good sort of relationship where you can have a great holiday. Absolutely. And if you're prepared to do that, to put that time in up front, then the holiday will really reflect what you're looking for. If you don't want to do that and you want to give a, a, a brief over an email, um, I'm not going to be able to give you what, what yeah. you know, what you deserve. Um, and therefore, I, you know, I, I need I need to know more. And so, yeah, I, I do insist on a phone call, definitely, at the very least, if not, a, you know, a meeting's great, but if not feasible yeah. in, in current times, then, yeah. So, lastly, is there anywhere you haven't been that you'd like to go? Oh, gosh, there are loads of places. I think you always think you're quite well-travelled when you work in travel until you... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, to, you, know, you start working a job like this um there are so i i feel so fortunate and i thought i was really really well traveled um and no i mean one of the places that i would love to explore in more depth more places continents i suppose um is south america and yeah. there is so much south america that i've got on my um on my list i'd really love to explore and um i've, I've been an experience obviously quite a lot of um Asia and Australia um, but Australia is obviously a massive uh, love for me because I know it so well and there are still areas of Australia that I really want to go and explore the Kimberley region's always been on my um on my hit list and I've not quite made it there yet so um that's that's really important that I get there so bearing in mind our youth we are still limited in time what what are what are the ones that are must that are going to have to happen before you know, we depart this wonderful planet. Oh, for me, I definitely want to go to Antarctica. Uh, Costa Rica, I really want to get to. Um, I've Kimberley, I've already mentioned. Um, I would love to go to, uh, I've been to Russia. I'd love to go to Russia. I've been to Russia. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't wait. Uh, my husband's been and I really, you know, I really like to go and explore Russia. I've been, um, I've had that on my hit list for a while. And yeah, I mean, I, the, the list is quite long, David, for <laughs> you for another few hours. <laughs> yeah, but hey, at, at least you're definitely passionate about it. Do you know what I mean? So, right. I'll and that, get there. And that's probably a great place <laughs> to stop. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was great.